0: I'm here with Irma Mesa today. How are you, Irma?
1: Doing pretty good, Jay. How are you?
0: I am a little flustered uh, as as I mentioned before. <laughs> I I was babysitting and then trying to get everything set up and I was like, "Oh no, we got to hurry and get this all set up." But I'm coming down, I'm relaxing a little bit and I think I'm ready to have a great conversation. Great. Yeah, me too. Me too. Excited to be here. So, Irma does a lot of stuff and uh, I'm just going to hit some of the wave tops and I'm going to let let you irma kind of continue from there but you, you've you got your own youtube channel which i think i'm like hitting like the year mark on the subscription status for that so you've been doing the youtube thing for a while but you're also doing developer mentoring and also trying to look into that whole remote work lifestyle
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah i can touch up touch a little bit about uh, each of those um yeah so my youtube channel i've been doing that for a bit um but it's kind of like, I've never figured out like what exactly I wanted to do. Uh, first started with just like tech reviews and tech unboxings. Uh, and then kind of moved over into doing kind of like productivity, uh, help and self-development. And most recently uh, th- in 2019, I was like, I gotta figure out what I wanna do with the YouTube channel. Cause I, I enjoy being creative. I enjoy creating content and just sharing information with people that may not have gone through certain experiences. Um, so my kind of goal is to give people information so that when they do face a similar experience, they kind of have a little bit of, of context and knowledge about um how to approach it or how to how to go about solving those those challenges. So right now I'm doing a little bit of lifestyle and a little bit of productivity on my YouTube channel. So uh sharing how to how to use your time better and, and how to manage your time better and figuring out like where your time is going. Um and And just sharing, just sharing more about uh, what I do and how to uh, how to go about living life uh, and your, being your best self uh, and just being like an overall good human being. So um, besides that, I am doing a little bit of developer mentoring and product management mentoring. So um, there's an organization called Boat by Girls. They focus on mentoring for high school and university. Uh, girls and and women. So currently doing a one-on-one mentoring with a front-end and back-end developer uh, major in computer science. And it's really neat. I'm learning a ton from them. And I'm able to share my experiences. And right now we're actually building her a app, a web app. So we're starting from like the beginning phase of that, going through like design and uh, product discovery, and hopefully it's doing some customer discovery as well. So really exciting to just be working with like these young, really smart folks that um, have extremely bright futures ahead of them. And I'm really glad to just be able to be in their lives and, and just if, if I can help one person, that's all I really um, want to do, which is uh, kind of like a lifelong um, mantra I live by. And the third one, I think you mentioned Jay was remote work. Um, I've been working for remote for like two years now. So um and it's by no means not like an extensive amount of time working remote. There's people that have been doing this for like seven years, ten years, and they know the ins and ins and outs, but there's a lot of misconceptions about remote work, and also um a big thing is that remote work is not really meant for everybody. It really takes like certain types of personalities to be able to work remote. But I do think in the future, just to attract more talent, a lot of more a lot more companies are gonna move towards hiring remote um and just having a, a distributed team with maybe a, an office where people can come in like quarterly and have a face to face. So a few things that I'm working on right now, and it's really exciting. I, I like keeping myself busy. So um, yeah, really just looking to to help others is my, my main thing.
0: So there's a lot to unpack in there, and I think the first big thing is uh, you and I. You and I have a very similar philosophy with our YouTube channels. Um, for those that don't know, I actually have a couple of channels. <laughs> I have two. Uh, one is the productivity and tech channel that doesn't get as much love because I try to keep that one a little bit more on brand and on focus to hey, developers. This is how you're you know more productive. Uh, but then I have my personal channel, uh, which is just KJ Miller. And with that, it's like everything else that I do that goes under the moniker of like KJ Miller. It's I'm going to talk about whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm just going to share it. And I, I think that was something that that you mentioned in there was like, you just enjoy being creative and you enjoy sharing uh, what you're doing. And I, I we talked about it a little bit before we we got started in the recording. But to me, the biggest productivity hack that I've always been able to give people is like, just do stuff, like do stuff share what you're doing, be open to the feedback that, you know, the the good feedback that people give you that will help you continue to grow um, as whatever it is you're doing. And I I feel like not tying yourself down to a particular field or a particular focus. um, One, it's absolute like algorithm suicide (laughs) and the algorithm hates it when you do that. But at the same time, I think it is the most helpful in that it helps keep it helps cater to way more people than uh, just kind of being focused in on one particular application or one particular programming stack or one particular framework
1: totally agree and i think the part that you mentioned just about trying different things and putting out content that like you really want to put out i think that's really important uh, especially when it's not really related to doing videos on YouTube and all that. But even when you look at it from a, like a career perspective, um, if you're able to be a lot, like a lot more versatile in your skills and not just be, like you said, just know one language or uh, be really good at developing for this sort of platform, if you're able to use your time, not only to perfect and be an expert at one thing, um, that's great. But if you can also use like that little bit of extra time that you might have in your day and put that towards something else that interests you, and and learn something and pick up a new skill and just share that with people online. I mean, there's a ton of beginner developers who do that like on a daily basis, just like they share what they're learning. And like, that's the best way that you can learn, um, which is sharing what you know with other people. Um, and it really creates a lot more, you're able to create, of your like philosophies will become a lot more concrete in what you believe in uh, and, and just getting different people's perspectives, I think is really important too. So yeah, just sharing, sharing what you know, really important and helps you grow and it helps other people grow for sure.
0: And, and, you know, you definitely show that when you were talking about, you know, mentoring people that are in college, I don't, did you say that you had a uh, a college degree or you come from a, a, I guess a higher ed background?
1: I do. Um, I received my bachelor's in uh, psychology. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Miami where I was living before I moved here to Indianapolis But yeah, did psychology and uh, it's really helped me in being a product manager, like understanding how people think and how people behave when they're using a platform. Um, But I don't think it's like extremely necessary if I had to give an opinion on that. I don't think it's necessary to have a... higher education degree by
0: no means. Well, well, like you just said, you know, you you don't have a computer science degree, but you still work in the tech space. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I exactly. think that's great because, you know, I, I don't have a degree period. So for me, it's like <laughs> <awesome>. sweet degree <laughs> yeah. optional and doesn't even have to be relevant. So. Exactly. And like you said, it, it, and I, I feel bad for saying that because it is relevant. Like you're yeah. the yeah. way that you are applying the things that you have learned Uh, is it actually gives you an advantage over someone who is just strictly like computer science background. I think in ones and zeros, like I don't, because we we get that all the time. Developers have, it's like to be a good product manager, you have to speak developer, but you have to also speak people. And if you can't effectively toe the line between like, I know what the developer is telling me. Now, how do I relay that to whether it's an investor or managers or, you know, executives? You have to be able to, I don't want to say context switch, but you you do kind of have to speak both languages. And I think having that um, non-traditional background helps with that. A
1: hundred percent. And this is like strictly my own opinion. Like people might disagree with me, but I think it 100% does. I think if I had never gone to school for psychology, I want to say that I wouldn't be in the role that I am in right now. Um, And that's like, that says a lot. Uh, I think psychology really like impacted the way that I think and the way that I do things. Uh, And just having that that curiosity, that's what it is. Like I've always been very curious about different roles. I mean, I, I was in customer support and then I moved into being in QA, and then I did project management. So I was just always curious to try out new things and try out new roles, because I didn't really know like, okay, yeah, I want to be a developer, I didn't know that, or I want to be a product manager. Um, I didn't have the answer for my career. So I think having the background that I have, um, just really piqued my curiosity. And how do I apply what I learned um, in school and and taking that into my into furthering my career. Um, But yeah, I mean, I Sometimes I just don't um I don't think that having a degree really is necessary um to figure out what you want to do. Um and for me, I think I just have like my story is a little bit different than I think a lot of people, but I think being in the product space, like people come from different backgrounds. Like you can have an MBA or you can come from a computer science background, you can be a self-taught developer and still land like land in a PM role. So um yeah, I don't know if that
0: makes sense, but well, it, it does. And and a few things on that. I mean, the Nobel Prize winner for economics this past year was a Python developer. And oh yeah, there you he, go. Wasn't, an example <laughs> wasn't necessarily well. I take that back. He is a Python developer, but he's not a Python developer by trade. He just uses Python to help with um, all of the economic and analytic stuff that he does using like the Pandas framework and NumPy and all those things. And uh, you mentioned kind of working in customer service and, and and all of these roles that are adjacent to active development. And again, that that just reinforces the idea of being able, the more that you are able to bring to the table, the more successful you will be even if the role that you are currently serving isn't directly connected to the skills that you have. great. And I think another example of that is I I have a marketing background now and I've been working in marketing for a few years. And as a developer, it is interesting to see like, okay, I can do things with newsletters. I can do things with websites um, that serve a marketing purpose, but I can do things with APIs that also serve those same purposes. And and I'm able to do things more efficiently than what the traditional marketing technique would ask for. So I think for you to be able to come in and say, hey, I, I speak customer, I speak people in general, but I also know enough about tech and I can I can help make uh, more balanced developers, more balanced projects, and how April Wenzel would put it, more um, empathetic and more compassionate uh, development teams.
1: Yeah, I think you you said it like solidly. <laughs> um, I think the part that you brought about about being empathetic to you is um, really important. I think as a I mean as a de- developer and and. Just said to clarify, I haven't been like a professional developer. everything has been like on the side. so um, but I have heard and read articles and talked to people where it's like really hard to um, create empathy um, across teams. and I'm not saying this is because of my psychology background, but I think it just um, it takes some certain type of like curiosity um, to want to understand what that other team is doing and to talk to those people and to communicate and sometimes, people come from roles or maybe from different companies where um, they just don't want to do that. They don't want to learn and they don't want to um, talk to the development team and figure out like, what are their pain points and what are their challenges? Um, and that's something that I really take pride in doing. I do want to understand what they do. what they do. I want to know where their time goes and what their challenges are and where I can come in. Um, and at the same time, like I very much try to practice empathy. Um, I have been in customer support I understand that like, it's not an easy job, so to make some to like throw somebody a task or a bug fix and just expect that they're gonna drop everything to do it because you're saying so um, is not right uh, and I, I think it just you really have to develop, develop a lot of empathy and a lot of respect for the teams that you're working in um, no matter your level at the company it doesn't matter if you're a, a c level executive or if you're just starting out like everybody needs to have a common empathy towards all teams I think that's really important
0: well and and you mentioned you know you've never you know received a paycheck I guess for lines of code that you've written but at the same time that doesn't mean anything neither of I, well I'll take that back I kind of have but not with the developer job title like I've written code for parts of my job that No, I. It was funny. I told my my boss was like, "Well, what's your goal here?" And I was like, "My goal here is to not show up one day, and you to never realize it." And he was like, "What what does that mean?" And I was like, "Well, if if I can use the knowledge that I have as a developer to automate the the minutia tasks, that gives me more time to focus on the higher level things that you actually pay me to do." And you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is I enjoy working on my own projects. And as someone who does marketing professionally, I will admit the marketing around my own projects is not the best. And a lot of that is because I go to a day job. I focus on marketing all day. And then when I get home and I'm able to work on my own stuff, I don't want to touch marketing. And I, I feel like developers Deve- the developers who are actively writing code day in and day out are rarely the developers that you see that are publishing these amazing uh, blog posts and doing these amazing um, introspectives on YouTube or on Medium. And uh, I think Stephanie Herlbert, uh who I've talked with before, like she's a business owner, like she's an executive level owner. And she's like, I'm not actively writing code all day. I'm, but then she goes home and she does these unboxings and she plays with like Raspberry Pis and Arduinos. And it's, and it's like, I'm, I'm able to have fun with this stuff because it's not my day job. And I, I think, again, talking about just strengthening those skills, like you, the fact that you can write code or you can focus on something adjacent to coding that provides value to developers. But if you were writing code day in and day out, you probably wouldn't want to do, you wouldn't want to take your free time to do the things that you enjoy doing. The things you enjoy doing wouldn't be anything tech related. It would be something completely different.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And just to add, I think that we sometimes we get stuck in that day to day, like this is my routine and I, and I go to work and I come home and I must watch TV. But Uh, I I really do want to encourage people just like how you're doing, like you're doing something outside of your day job that really makes you happy. Right. Like, uh, and that's the same thing I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm coming home after work and I'm doing something that I I enjoy doing. And I really do want to encourage people to give that a shot. Um, There's no reason why you can't try to like make, make time outside of your work day and do something that's creative or something that you, you truly have a passion for. Um, And again, it's hard. I mean. Jobs (laughs) Jobs are tiring. <laughs> and when you come home, like you want to go to sleep usually. But um if you can use that time towards something productive, like more power to you, you're only helping yourself.
0: Absolutely. So I think I mentioned this in a tweet before. You are from, well, you said you're from originally Miami, but now <laughs> you're in the Midwest. Um, yes. Neither one of those places is Silicon Valley. And we've had a few people from hashtag Team Midwest uh, yeah. on the show before what got you out of Miami and put you in and say is it uh Indianapolis?
1: Yeah, Indianapolis. Um so I emerged from Miami. I have lived in Miami, well, not anymore, but lived in Miami for the rest, for all of my life. Uh and I was working at a company there that did a little bit of marketing essentially and I was a product manager and I'd been working there for like two maybe two years at that point. And I was just ready to get out of Miami and I didn't know how to do it. I was just like, do I have to quit my job in order to do this? Um, I just don't want to be here anymore. I just wanted something new, like the the core of it. I wanted something new. I wanted new surroundings. And I just wanted to be in a place that had a growing tech hub. So I ended up pitching for my company, like, hey, I still want to work for you guys, but I also want to move out of the city. Um, I didn't really see myself here in the long run and long term. And they ended up approving my request to work remote um, after kind of showing them that I would be a good fit for that. And then at, at the same time, I met my partner who was living here in Indianapolis. And yeah, things ended up working out where Indianapolis was never on my list, if I'm being honest. Um, I had heard of the Midwest, I hadn't really visited any, any city or, or state in the Midwest. And really, my sides were set on going to Denver or going to Charlotte. Um, we're like two, two of my talk picks and yeah, I ended up working out where my partner was living here and it just made more sense for me to move closer to my partner. Uh, so I ended up moving to Indianapolis. I think it's going to be two years at this point, which is really crazy to say. Um, and ended up working remote for the company back in Miami for about a year before I left. So the Midwest is, has its own misconceptions, but I will say that Indianapolis has definitely grown on me. Um, when I first got here, I didn't think I was going to like it, um, but then I, I kind of heard about Salesforce and what they were doing and how they were just bringing a lot more of the tech talent over to Indy, and that really changed my perspective on Indianapolis itself. Um, so, really happy to be in Indy. I, I hope I'm here for a few more years before I, I try to move somewhere else.
0: That's awesome, and and I'm glad you threw in some of the. Uh, you mentioned Charlotte. Charlotte is a place that uh, as I've I've never lived in Charlotte, but I have spent time there and I, I love Charlotte. I think it's a, a yeah, wonderful it's so nice. place. Um, yes. Sad Nashville wasn't on the list. Neither was wow. San Diego. I mean, come on, all this, all this sunlight down here.
1: Hey, those are expensive. Well, especially San Diego. San Diego's a little bit, a little bit much.
0: Oh my goodness. I, I am still on the, the hunt for not necessarily the next place, but I, I am keeping my eyes open. By the way, anyone looking to move to uh, San Diego, the house next to us just went up for sale so
1: actually I may have to talk to you about that after after (laughs) your podcast I know somebody
0: okay perfect and and (laughs) I mean we live like 30 minutes outside the city but it's still like close enough that like I I work in the city and we commute every day but it's not too bad so so you mentioned earlier and you said kind of like your life motto was I I want to just help one person or if I can at least help one person, you know, go into a little bit of detail about that and how that's helped you uh, make some of the decisions that you've you've made, I guess, to this point.
1: Yeah, um, I guess, like backstory, I think a lot of people have just helped me in my life, um, so I think naturally that's something that I just wanted to give back. I just wanted to be able to help others who were in the same situations that I was in, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, where I wanted to go, and then everybody was asking you like what are you going to be with you when you grow up and like all these questions that you don't have answers to. Um, and a lot of people just helped me figure out like my path, um, really taking into account my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, and then leading me, or at least like giving me suggestions on like, Hey, you should try out customer support or you should try out, um, applying to uh web inter- web internships with at, at the time like web assistants were like a thing, uh, not anymore. Uh, but that's kind of like the, the route that I took out of um, essentially a lot of people just encouraging me to do what I wanted to do over just doing what my parents wanted me to do. Um, so now, like when I look back, I'm just like, damn, I'm really lucky to have had those people in my life. And not everybody has that. From And I know that because I talk to many, many people who just don't have support. They don't have people that want them to succeed. And that makes me like really, really sad to think about that. So. That's why, like, now I want to go out of my way to just help others. Um, and even if that's, like, one kid who's a freshman in college and just giving them a light into, like, what I do as a PM and who, what I what I do on a daily basis and who I work with and how I got here. Like, even letting them know that information, just sharing that with them, like, that makes me happy because I just maybe, just maybe, like, open their eyes to a completely different world that they would have never, ever imagined, right? Um so that's kind of like why why I I want to be able to um, give back and help others. I know everybody doesn't have it and I didn't have it for a bit and then I did have it and it's it's incredible to have people who just like guide you and support you and just give you a lens into what they do um, and, and allow you to be inspired by what you can make out of yourself. So that's definitely the core reason why I want to help people today and it's a very broad thing to say like I want to help somebody um and I've, I keep it broad in, on purpose because I think that just because of just the experiences that I've gone through and the people that I've talked to um it's easier for me to just say I want to help somebody over I want to help somebody over like I want to help somebody be a better programmer like I don't want to just narrow my my lens into just helping one group of people I would rather help like a diverse group of people if I can
0: Definitely, and and that's. I mean, I come from a military background and I live in a military town, so it's you know you always have like people that you meet or and like oh hey you know my my son's about to graduate high school and he's thinking about going into the to the Marines and like can you just talk to him and I'm like I mean I can <laughs> like, I don't know like I, I I mean if there's a certain thing that you want me to tell him I I I will tell him the truth but you know you you find out. So much, just from, like you said, you know, when you when you talk to people, when you try to help others, you wind up learning more in the process as well. For sure, and yeah. you put yourself in opportunities that you wouldn't have been able to have been in before. Like I, the first time I met, um, talking, speaking of April Wenzel, um, I was volunteering to just give a talk at a local meetup, and she happened to be giving the talk right before mine. And she, we just started talking and she was like, oh, your talk was really great. And, you know, we just started, you know, explaining more and more of what we do. And then now it's, you know, she's someone when I started putting my business together, she came in and, and really gave me a lot of guidance, be, you know, as someone who had been doing it for a few years at that point. And I wouldn't be where I was today had I not just, you know, asked for help and people actually came in and gave that help. Uh, So it sounds like both of us were just we were the one person looking for help and someone helped us, which was great. And now we're not necessarily returning the favor by helping teach them to code, but just helping in any way that we can.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's really awesome that you were able to meet meet her and she'd give you all the guidance. Um, I'm sure that was groundbreaking, if anything. (laughs)
0: But yeah, but I mean, before then, I I had no idea who she was. I had no idea about you know compassionate programming. I I didn't know any of these things, and I had I had been a developer for like maybe three or four years at that point. I think three years at that point. But it's always been like that. Whether it was uh, meeting Saranya Bark for the first time and you know going to a cookout <laughs> that she was hosting and you know and and meeting her and and her husband. Rob and and just how they've been helpful uh, to me uh, with the code newbie stuff that they've done. And code newbie was how I got my start as a developer and just talking with people and always being open to, to volunteer and share what little knowledge I did have. Um, You know, you mentioned like, you just, you just talk about what you know, or you talk about what interests you. I think there are so many people that think that you have to be an expert to, share your opinion you really don't like I've I realize the level of knowledge that I'm at today is by no means expert but okay. it is so much more than where it was when I started and the only reason I got there was because I shared what I did know And people were like that's great. now here's here's something new And then when right. someone that maybe knew a little bit you know less than I did in the in a topic, When they would say something, they'd have a question. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I was just working on that and I wrote a blog post about it. Or oh, hey, let me show you how I solved this problem, you know, a year ago. And by no means was it the absolute correct way to do it, but it helped them to, you know, at least figure their problem out. And now they're hopefully going to share that and spread that knowledge elsewhere.
1: Right. And like you said, I mean, being an expert is such a heavy word. Um, it means so much for some reason. Uh, and it's great to be an expert. Like those are the people that have been doing, let's say uh, development for, for 10 plus years, maybe even more. And they've been there, they've done it. They've learned those technologies that they come out and they've had to adapt. But I've had to learn maybe in the same way that you have that like my opinions also matter. And it's really hard because there's so many people, let's say on Twitter, that I follow and they just seem like they know so much more, right? So it's kind of intimidating to share hey, I have this strong opinion about like accessibility. And um, I think accessibility is, means this to me and I wanna make these changes. And sometimes it's really hard to put that, that information out there because of who might read it. And maybe like somebody will come back at you and be like, that's totally wrong. Do you even know what you're talking about? Um, but I've had to kind of like learn to grow out of that. And if I share my opinions, those are my opinions. I might be wrong, right? Maybe it's not like factually correct. But just, like, getting that confidence to speak your mind, I think that's the core of what I'm trying to get at. Like, being able to just speak your mind, whether that's through, um, through sharing your social media or, like, going and speaking at a conference. Like, you don't have to have 10 plus years of experience to tweet something out or, or present on a topic, right, um, that maybe you're not an expert in. You can you can be sort of still in the process of learning, and that's okay. Like, it's okay that, that you... You're still in that phase of your life. You're gonna still keep growing, but I think it's still really important to step out and um, and speak on those things that that matter to you, um, even though it might be intimidating. <laughs> uh, but it just takes it takes time. It takes like practice and just doing it more and more often. Like you'll just get more comfortable sharing your own opinions and and being put in those awkward situations where somebody might might have a totally different not opposite opinion, and therefore you get into some sort of argument, right? Um, or not argument, but just like a discussion. Uh, but both sides learn. And that's really important. It's uh, sharing what you know. And if other people don't have that knowledge yet, like you just drop something on them that might change your perspective, or it might go over their head, or they might just brush it off. But that's okay, because you still shared what, what you believe in and I think that's that's really crucial.
0: Yeah. and And, you know, like you said, you don't, luckily, you don't have to provide a job you know you don't have to provide a resume every time you want to give like a talk at a local meetup you know that would that would be weird but (laughs) you can share like some of my favorite talks are like I've been doing this for less than a year I took over this project here are the things that I've learned and like you just you don't know what knowledge you're gonna you're gonna present to someone that they would Never put themselves in that position.
1: Exactly.
0: And yeah. one day they're going to find themselves in that position and be like, "Oh, you know what? There was someone that I'm, I, you know, heard about two years ago. You know, now you're the senior developer, and and you know they're referring to something that you mentioned when you were first starting." And I, I think of like, it's it's so funny. There's there's this Python command called make trans, which is a um, translation table like algorithm that you can use that like if you have one string of characters and you want them to all be replaced with another string of characters you use that function the only reason I remember that to this day is because like six of us as developers like just getting into Python for the first time maybe like all of us had less than a like a year of experience we were racking our brains over this like coding exercise and we came up with the most convoluted way to solve the problem. And when we looked at the solution, it was like, or you could just use this one function and it does exactly <laughs> what you want it to. So I wish someone would have had a video of of that out right, when I was just right. getting started.
1: Yeah. And I, I, the same thing, I've seen uh, talks uh, or read articles for people who are just getting started in product and I think that's where I learn the most. Like they're picking up on things that maybe I have completely missed or haven't had a chance to experience yet. So yeah, even if you're like new to something, like write about it, tweet about it, share it. Uh, there's just people out there that may be experts and may have a ton of experience, but just haven't, like you said, been exposed to those situations or those challenges yet.
0: Well, not to, not to mention like, but once you're an expert at stuff, you forget all of the little steps that you're taking. And when you're a beginner, like when you tell someone, oh, hey, you need to create a for loop in JavaScript or something like as someone who has written plenty of for loops, I know in JavaScript, there's a a couple of ways that you can do it. And if I'm just writing the code and I'm not explaining why I chose one way over another way, then someone who is just getting into JavaScript, they might be like, oh, wait, what, How, why are you doing it this way? Mm-hmm. Or some other developer would say, oh, well, that's not the right way to do it either. You should do it this way. And by putting one method out there, you're not just getting the, the knowledge that you know, but you're also going to get the, that feedback loop and, and the knowledge outside of, of you. So again, going, going back to what you mentioned before, you wind up learning <laughs> as you're helping someone else learn.
1: Exactly. That is the key. It's kind of like a like a learning loop, kind of like when you have like a feedback loop um, where everybody's just communicating as the, as the product is being built. It's kind of like the same thing comes to it when you talk about learning and being exposed to new experiences. If you share it, other people will just gain a new perspective um, and that person will share it with somebody else and it'll share it with somebody else. So it's like this never ending loop of information that really, at the end of the day, just helps us grow um, and just be a little bit more knowledgeable. And that I think that's really cool. Like, I'd want to, I want to know everything, which is not possible because my mind is only can only really take so much information, um, and store so so many so much information. So, I definitely appreciate when people are willing and open to share challenges and like what not to do. I think that's also uh, a really important thing people can talk about as well. It's just like what shouldn't you do when you lead a team of engineers, right? Um, That's, that's helpful as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the first half of the conversation. And uh, before we jump into letting everybody know how they can get in touch with you, I have to remind you, the listener, the person whose uh, ears are being flooded with all of this knowledge right now, that the conversation's only half done Uh, in a second, Irma is going to start asking me a bunch of questions that I don't think she knew about or even thought about yet. So it's going to be a blast. I love doing this part. But if you want to hear that conversation, I need you to do one of two things. One, you can sign up to become a PIT Premium member. Uh, We just relaunched our PIT Premium memberships. And one of the things that you get with that is access to all of our bonus content. But you also get priority um, queuing for our master classes that we're not master classes, mastermind groups that we're going to be launching later in the year, as well as uh, some other premium content that we will be releasing in each and every week and every month. And let's just say that maybe you can't afford the ten dollars a month or the hundred dollars a year that that is. You can also make a one-time $3 donation on our Ko-Fi page to support independent podcasting. And that can be done at co-fi.com/slash JJ Media. And JJ Media is the media marketing company that I run with a friend of mine in the UK, where we help independent creators market the content that they're creating. So if you have a, a market you have an idea that you have and maybe you just need help getting it off the ground, or If you just want to see independent creativity continue to flourish, go to jnj.media. And if you go to that Ko-Fi page, then you get access to the bonus feed. But that's enough of that. I hate shilling myself, (laughs) but it has to be done. Um, Irma, please tell everyone how they can connect with you if they have any questions or if they just want to learn a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the best place to connect to connect with me, let me start that over, the best place to connect with me is on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter, DM me on Twitter, I should have my DMs open at com slash underscore just Irma, or you can figure, or you can find out, or you can co- contact me through my website at Um and I'll respond, I will not ignore <laughs> any comms that come in, so yeah reach out to me there if you have any questions or if you want to know a little bit more about what it's like working remote or being a PM and all that stuff. So let's, let's
0: chat. Awesome. So are you ready for the after show? Yes. Okay. So at the end of every conversation, I flip the host button around. I don't know what a host button is, but I say that every single time. So I'm just going to keep running with it. I've, a ton. <laughs> yeah. Well, Even better. So I'm going to start saying that I pass the host (laughs) baton over to you. And this is now the just Irma show, except for it's not just Irma. Um, I'm also here, but this is your show to ask me whatever questions that you want for as long as or as little as you want. But from this point, the show is yours.
1: Awesome. So, hey, Jay, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good, and, and you're already off to a good start. I love it when people are like, I'm actually going to make this a podcast episode. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> Why not? You know, let's have fun. Um, yeah, like if you do, you do you mind telling us a little bit about um, how you started PIT and your inspiration behind it?
0: Uh, Well, let's see. Uh, I was born in a log cap now. Um, <laughs> PIT was the harebrained idea after many many a failure, which is what leads me to believe that this is the time it's going to actually work out. Um, When I got out of the military, I got a job as a system administrator and I was not prepared. Um, If you know anything about the military, it's very regimented. It is more just kind of do as you're told and you'll be okay. And I had been doing that for the past five years. And I got to a job that was like, okay, here are your responsibilities now. Okay, bye. And then it was like, I have to figure all like how all of this stuff works on my own. And I was terrible at it. I was unorganized. I wasn't productive. And ultimately, I was like, I'm about to get fired. Um, So I, in turn, started looking up like, oh, how do you become more productive? How do you be more productive? And Um, I started learning some of the little techniques and at the same time, you know, just like what you would do is I started writing about them and telling other people about them because I had such a hard time finding content. It was like, I want to publish this content as well so people know. And that was a blog. That blog is no longer around. But uh, a blog turned into a YouTube channel, turned into another blog, turned into something. I don't even remember. And then eventually I was listening to more and more podcasts, and I had this idea of like, you know what, I'm learning from so many awesome people. Let me just come up with a reason to just interview awesome people and continue learning about different techniques on how to become more productive. And at the beginning, it was more productivity focused, and now it's more like people focused. So I learned the the tips and the tricks are all the same like you can really only you go through all the tips in like three days and then like after that you just start hearing about these awesome experiences that people had and learning about the the little edge cases and from there that's where all of the value comes from so yeah we just started I just started interviewing people and having conversations with them and you know I guess they say the rest is history I've been doing this for like three years now so I'm I kind of forget at this point
1: (laughs) Awesome. And what would you say, since you've had a pretty long history now with uh, creating podcasts and just talking to folks, what would you say are like the biggest ups and then your your biggest downs when it comes to maybe finding the people to talk to or um, recording your shows? Like what are those kind of challenges and, and positives for you?
0: I think the biggest up is a lot of the people that I talk to on a daily basis are people that I've met through the podcast and that's awesome. Like it is, it is so cool to know people solely from like this thing that I just decided to do like on a whim and how much of an impact that, you know, I've been able to make, but then also how much of an impact they have made on me. And, you know, there's, you know, I am a believer of the everything happens for a reason kind of thing. And it it really does. Like I, I never wanted to be a programmer, you know, growing up. I, I was always into tech, but I wasn't into like programming as much. I wanted to do like hardware or electrical engineering. And I was like a musician. So I wanted to be like a luthier and build guitars and stuff. And I just slowly just that dream faded. And I guess through all of the awesome people that I met, a new one came out of it. And then I guess the biggest drawback, um, probably the administration behind it. Um, podcasts are not free. Well, unless you do them via Anchor, then they are free. But there's some questions about that. Uh, yeah. But for the most part, there, there's a lot of... Um, investment of both your time and money that goes into you know getting a microphone I've, I've been using the same microphone for three years and the reason i haven't bought a new one is because this one still works and like i want to but i mean this podcast has survived like two ipads several phones a couple of computers um many different Methods of recording many different methods of editing and publishing many different hosts. I've ran I built my own hosting service once upon a time. So it's like, you, you tend to not think about the process that it takes to make a podcast while you're listening to a podcast. And I mean, that's but at the same time, like, all of that knowledge is why you know, J and J Media was built, you know, because people that want to do something independently, they are they're gonna need help. Like everyone needs help at some point. And we just wanted to make it easier for them to get the help that they
1: yeah. And that's a really big thing that you can do for people is just like give them ease, right? Make it something simple so they can just like do what they want to do. And whether that's making money or just sharing information, you're providing them that bridge to do so. Every um, last question for you is uh, how did you, I guess, go about building out the community for, for PIT? Um, again, or with, didn't it didn't happen naturally.
0: It, it didn't happen naturally. So, so one thing that I have always wanted was a podcast where people will, you know, tweet at me afterwards saying, Hey, that thing that you said that really resonated with me and, or, Hey, I don't agree with, with what you said here because of these reasons. And I wanted a place where people would feel like it was okay to do that. And I think Pitt originally had like a Facebook group and we had like 1,400 people or something like that that were in it. And it was just a madhouse. Like it was so hard to monitor. So what we started doing was making it harder and harder to join effectively, which I don't necessarily always agree with. But if you do want to kind of stop the trolls like nobody's going to build a, an account on your slack you know workspace to to spam you know their product at you and right. no one's going to be open to to paying you know i i people wonder like why why i charge for a premium membership and it's like well one i gotta eat you know and then <laughs> i gotta pay for hosting and all this stuff but on top of that i want people who are actually wanting to learn people who are willing to put a couple of dollars towards improving their skills or having a community. And I've just learned that like you find, you find those people when you put up a little bit of a barrier, when you say, Hey, you know, fill out this form and you'll get an invite. Or if you've listened to the show for this long, then you get certain perks. Like when you prove that you want to learn those things, it's easy. And and honestly, there's a community of, of people around Pitt that I don't know yet. And it, it's crazy. And I know that because there are more people that listen to Pit than are part of the community. And my goal is to find those people and invite them and, and encourage them to get involved and get connected to one another because I only have so much knowledge. That's why I bring, you know, people like you and all these other amazing people that I interview every single week Um, onto the shows because I don't have that knowledge. And I only figure out who to interview based on the community that's around me. So I guess in a way it, it was kind of, it kind of built itself, but it took someone, you know, and in this case it was me like to say, okay, all of these people have one thing in common. And the one thing in common just happens to be the thing that I made but let's not make it about the thing that i made let's make it about this idea of we can all learn from one another and and really like that's the community
1: right yeah totally agree with that and that's a really awesome story too um, yeah so the for being part of the jay miller show with irma hosting for these last few minutes
0: <laughs> awesome well i'm gonna
1: i'll